So that's their thinking. We're going to lock you up. You're going to be forced to detox. But here's the problem. So you detox, but you don't get the mental help you need to fight the addiction, to understand the addiction, and to break free of that addiction. So when you get out, what's the first thing you do to celebrate? They go back and they use the amount they were using before they went to prison, but now their bodies can't handle it. Boom, done. You die with a needle in your arm. You don't even have time to take that needle out of your arm. Ask me how I know. I've seen plenty of them. Welcome to Pod Bless America. I'm Jim. And I'm Dan. And today we're going to talk about the war on drugs. Finally, a podcast about music. Dude. Yeah. That's not even funny. The War on Drugs is an American rock band from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, formed in 2005. We're not talking about the band, The War on Drugs? Do they want to sponsor us? No. Send them an email real quick and ask them if they want to sponsor this, because we're going to say War on Drugs a lot. (laughs) And you know what? We will use their music as our outro. I haven't even listened to any of their songs. (laughs) Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Is this this is a real thing? Huh? It is a real thing. Are they an well, old I was band? Doing the or research? Still? No, I mean the formed in two thousand and five. All right, uh, all right. Yeah, we uh, might have to uh, rock band. Uh, maybe we'll get an intro. We should, <laughs> we should reach out. We should have them live in here. Well, okay, yeah. No, the real war on drugs. Oh, the war on drugs. So my problem with the war. <laughs> this is so. We're already fucking off. This is a mess. So my problem with the war on drugs is, well, first off, what is the purpose of a war? Well, it's a global campaign, they say. Well, what's the purpose, though? Oh, the purpose of war? Yeah. Is to win. Is to win. Mm -hmm. What are the chances that we can win the war on drugs? If we fought it like a real war? (laughs) You mean like murdering our citizens? Or just whoever's bringing it across the border? I think the chances are zero. You're not going to win the war on drugs, right? the, The demand is too high. And the DEA admits this, openly admits this. The DEA says, look, we're not here to win. We're not here to eradicate drugs from the country. We're here to stem the flow. And I believe that. Kind of like the FBI, right? The FBI is pretty sketch anymore. But the guys on the ground, the everyday troops for the FBI, they're trying to do a good job out there, right? It's the upper echelons. It's the same with the DEA. I know a lot of DEA agents, and those guys are out here every day doing the job that they believe in trying to stem the flow. I think it's the same in my union. I think in my union, the vast majority of the workers in my union are not Democrat. Right. But, but the leadership you, is, and they're always sending us the emails, we got to vote for this guy. Right. I'm like, that guy don't give a shit about you. Right. He knows where we're all at. Yeah, same thing. They say it's a global campaign led by the U.S. federal government. Isn't that how it always goes? <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Yep. They're so good yep. at what they do. Drug prohibition, military aid, military intervention with so, the aim of reducing the illegal drug trade in the United States. Now, let me ask you a question. Ever since we've started the war on drugs, has the number of drugs gone up or down coming into this country? Well, you know, I don't honestly know the answer to that. My guess is it probably depends on administrations, right? Right now, it's probably at an all-time high, having an open southern border. My guess is it's an all-time high right now. Before we get into this, though. You're our history guy. You like to delve a little deeper than I do into the history. Right. So do you want to bring us up to speed on how we got here? And then we could talk about what we're doing here. Well, it was the cleanest president we ever had, Richard Nixon. (laughs) (laughs) A man of virtue. Uh, The day after publication of a special message from President Nixon to the Congress on drug abuse prevention and control is what they wanted to start it out at. And he went ahead and estimated that the United States spends $51 billion annually on these initiatives. So he started it out and it was actually said 
And one of the the guys who was in his administration later out came out and said as well that it was more about controlling the anti-war hippies and controlling the blacks because if they can criminalize the drugs and they can criminalize the people, then they can put them in negative light. I actually have that quote right here. Do you want me to read it? Go ahead and say it. So it was a top Nixon aide. It was John Ehrlichman, I believe it is. And his quote here, he later admitted, quote, now understand this is Ehrlichman talking, quote, you want to know what this was really all about? The Nixon campaign in 1968 and the Nixon White House after that had two enemies, the anti-war left and black people. You understand what I'm saying? We knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or black. But by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and the blacks with heroin, and then criminalizing both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings, and vilify them night after night on the evening news. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. End quote. The Nixon campaign in 1968, the White House after that had two enemies, really, and it was the anti-war left and black people from that point of view. and. I can't argue against, you know, that the guy was wrong. I think that they may have really had that point of view and they really saw that avenue and they could go down it and and make something happen. Oh, sure they did. I mean, that was different times, right? I mean, that was right in the middle of civil rights. It was right in the middle of the Vietnam War. Whole lot of protests going on. And you're coming off those straight edge Republicans, conservatives that that believed in the war. And yep, 100%. I think they really did. That was their worldview at the time. And then once you roll into Nixon and then you get into Ronald Reagan, then you saw an expansion of the federal focus on preventing drug abuse and prosecuting offenders. He signed the Comprehension Crime Control Act in 1984, which expanded penalties toward possession of cannabis and established a federal system of mandatory minimum sentencing. And that was a lot worse, I think, than the 94 crime bill. It, It definitely was a predecessor to the 94 crime bill because it put everybody in a box. And, and so let me ask you they couldn't this. Dig out. So, so the war on drugs, I know Nixon coined the phrase, but was there always a war on drugs? Like when did this really start? Because in the 1800s, you could go to your doctor and you could get heroin prescribed to you. Yeah. Hey, you got a headache. Here's a little bit of heroin for you. Well, they said, they said morphine was first isolated from opium between 1803 and 1805. Right? So what do you mean? Was that the first prohibition? That's when they started pulling the hypodermic syringes were first constructed in 1851. And the casualties of that were all the guys in the American Civil War when they were wounded. They got hit with the morphine. And then when they came back as veterans, they were all addicted to morphine. Perfect. And you also saw that in Vietnam with guys coming back stuck on heroin. Opium. Opium, all that, all that. So in 1912, heroin was sold over the counter as a form of cough syrup. And they also prescribed heroin for irritable babies, bronchitis, <laughs> Jesus Christ, insomnia, giving your babies nervous heroin. conditions, hysteria, menstrual cramps, and vapors, leading to mass addiction. So you could also buy cocaine from the store. Uh, okay. And that was just that was in the 19th century, right? So we fast forward to the 20th century and get the big one here. You get marijuana. Marijuana. M-A-R-I-H-U-A-N-A. Marijuana. Tax Act of 1937. Marijuana. From now on, when I'm working and I deal with anybody who has any marijuana, I'm going to be like, do you have any marijuana? So that was the Marijuana Tax Act of 1937. Now, there's a little bit of conspiracy theory in this. 
it says several scholars have claimed that the goal was to destroy the hemp industry, largely as an effort of businessmen Andrew Mellon and Randolph Hearst and the DuPont family. Wasn't Hearst a publisher? Mm, Randolph Hearst? Was he? Yes, because he was a paper guy. Yeah, that's what I right? mean. So that's yeah. why he wanted to destroy <clears throat> hemp. So I these, don't know if any of that's Well, true. these scholars argue that the invention of the hemp became very cheap, a substitute for the paper pulp that was used in the newspaper industry, right? So they wanted to get rid of that, and I see it. I see why. So you fast forward to October 27th, 1970. The Congress passed the Comprehensive Drug Abuse Prevention and Control Act of 1970. And that's right after the Supreme Court struck down the Marijuana <laughs> Act of 1937. Oh, it is. It did? Yep, 1968, I believe, they struck it down. Huh. Took them a little while, huh? Took them a little while. <laughs> Apparently, they said it, I believe it was the Fifth Amendment that they were claiming it violated. Because okay. in order for you to have to go and pay taxes, you had to admit that you either possessed or were selling marijuana. And they said that it was violating your right to self-incrimination. Mm. So, they struck it down. So, 37 to 68, I believe it was, that was in place. As soon as it got struck down, here we are, war on drugs. So modern day. Yeah. Before we go to modern day, I think Reagan had his hands in it with George Bush, the first. And this is going to be for a whole nother episode. But in 1982, a vice president, George H. W. Bush and his aides began pushing for the involvement of the CIA and the U.S. military into these drug interdiction efforts. I just want to say that when we were prepping for the show, Dan started going down this rabbit hole with the CIA being involved in all of this. Because you haven't seen any of the movies. Well, it's not even that. It's any that the, the rabbit TV hole shows. is so big. You could have driven your truck into this hole. It's for a whole different show. It is. Probably two shows. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. All right. Go ahead. So the fact that George H.W. Bush pushed that to be a mainstay for getting the CIA and the U.S. military involved in it, and then everything that happened afterward with the Contras and, and all this drug money that was, you know, propping up these people that were going to fight all these governments that we didn't want. The timeline is perfect. Timeline is perfect. So the drugs are under Reagan and President George W. Bush was raised to cabinet level status by Bill Clinton in 93. So they're like, oh, they were trying. <laughs> but I think that these are two different things, right? The shady shit that the government has done with drugs in this country and the quote unquote war on drugs with the American people and trying to stop the flow into the cities, I think are two different things. The everyday rank and file guys, I think their hearts are in the right place that they're trying to stop this, right? They see the devastating effect it has on the communities, mostly communities, um, low income communities, underserved communities, underserved communities, African American communities, minority communities. I think their best interests are at heart there. And I think they're, they're trying their hardest to stop this, but I don't think there's any way they can. So let me go here real quick. And let me tell you how I ended up saying, Hey, look, maybe we should talk about the war on drugs. Uh, I follow John Burke on Facebook. And if you don't know who John Burke is, he's a vet and he started a CBD company, but he's also a personality. He's got a podcast. I think it's American Savage podcast. You know, sometimes he gets a little too fired up for me, but I like the message he puts out. And yesterday he put up a post and it says legalize, he's got a picture of a marijuana leaf. It says legalize it across the board, not just for medicinal. Those who make these outlandish claims of weed being a gateway drug do not understand what it is they're saying or the complexities of having an addictive personality. 
If you are against the legalization of weed, stop drinking. The outcome is the same, being under the influence of a substance. If you believe in freedom of choice and individual liberty, you cannot be against legalization of weed. It's either freedom to choose or supporting the government's ability to regulate and tell you what you can and cannot consume. This is not their role. And he goes on a little bit here. He's, you know, talking about how he doesn't even smoke, whatever. And my problem with this, and I don't know if my comment's going to come up first. It is. I'll just read my comment real quick. My, my problem with this, I said, I agree that marijuana should be legalized, state and federal. My only problem is your individual liberty argument. Does that go for heroin then? Meth? Where does the line get drawn? Because what it sounds like is it's calling for anarchy, which is what a lot of folks believe in. Like I said, I'm 100% for legalizing weed. I just think you'll lose some folks with the liberty argument. And I'm a big liberty guy. I just know that a civilized society has to have laws in place to truly be free, if that makes sense. And that is my problem with this whole post. He's saying that if you believe in freedom of choice, individual liberty, you cannot be against legalizing weed. It's either freedom to choose or supporting the government's ability to regulate and tell you what you can and cannot consume. By that, he's saying it's all or nothing. And I do believe you don't have the right to use heroin. You don't have the right to smoke meth. Uh, Look how lethal fentanyl is. And we're going to get into marijuana in a minute. And you heard from what I said there. Listen, I've been in law enforcement 29 years. It is illegal to possess, consume, use, sell marijuana right now. And even though I do in my heart believe that it should be legal, it should be legal state level, it should be legal federal level. It is a law. It's not unconstitutional, right? The states have a right to do what they want to do. And I will enforce that law. Now, enforcing doesn't necessarily mean putting somebody in jail. It could be a verbal warning. It could be whatever, but I will enforce that law because the system does not work when the police get to decide what laws are going to enforce and what laws are not going to enforce. That's not my job. My job is simply to go and enforce every legal law on the books. So I will do that. And we'll get into marijuana here in a minute. But as far as heroin goes, as far as meth goes, as far as any of these other drugs go, the government has the right and they have the duty to regulate that and to tell you that it is illegal. It's illegal to possess even a gram of heroin. The yeah. argument that always comes in is Portugal and people bring up Portugal and Portugal has been very, very successful. All right. So basically what Portugal did is they decriminalized all their drugs. Now there's a civil, it's a civil penalty. Now, if you get caught, there's no jail and they focus more heavily on treatment than they do on sending somebody to jail. And we talked about this, right? Is prison the right place to send somebody who's addicted to heroin? No. Now, some prisons have a great substance abuse program, but most don't. And the thinking is that when you incarcerate somebody, you're going to make them get clean, right? Rehabilitation. here's Here's a little interesting fact I never knew. So when you're detoxing and you're getting sick from heroin, it will not kill you. You're going to be sick. You're going to wish you died. You're going to wish you were dead, but it's not going to kill you. Do you know the only drug that will kill you from withdrawal? Is what? Alcohol. Mm. Alcohol will actually kill you. It'll shut you down. It'll kill you. Yeah. Heroin, you're going to wish you were dead. Ain't going to kill you. So that's their thinking. We're going to lock you up. You're going to be forced to detox in a perfect world, right? Because I'm sure there's no drugs at all getting into prisons, but you're going to be forced to detox. But here's the problem. So you detox, but you don't get the mental help you need for the addiction. You don't get the help you need to fight the addiction, to understand the addiction, and to break free of that addiction. So when you get out, what's the first thing you do to celebrate? Hit a banger. You hit a banger, right? But it's a hot shot because you're not going back to starting. You're going back to what your dose was that you knew. 
And when you do that, your body's not ready for it. And we end up with ODs and they die. I don't know if hit a banger is the right term, but it sounded good. That sounded good as fuck. <laughs> I've actually never heard that, but you said it. I'm like, hell yeah, you hit a banger. You know what? It's a term now. You just made it. So, But, but I, for real though, I mean, they do. They, they go back and they use the amount they were using before they went to prison, but now their bodies can't handle it. Boom, done. You die with the needle in your arm. You don't even have time to take that needle out of your arm. Ask me how I know. I've seen plenty of them. Sure. There's a poll in 2008 found that three and four Americans believed that the war on drugs was failing. And it's like three out of four. Who's that asshole? That was like, eh, I think it's going good. Seems like it's Eh. working out. You know what? I think we should, I think we should give them more money, (laughs) throw some more money at them. So Portugal, Portugal's decriminalized everything. Now there's some good points to it. Their substance abuse and addiction rates been cut in half since they did this. Okay. This is what they claim. And this is what all the, obviously the pro-legalization people claim. I haven't seen the numbers from what I would consider an independent source. Um, and it's probably because all the, all the real addicts died because they were partying too exactly, hard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they had a mass overdose problem there in the first year. And when you think about it, addiction treatment is going to be less than incarcerating somebody for 20 years because they possessed the drug. People that go to jail just aren't getting the help. They yeah. are. And it's, and I do believe it's a health issue. It's, it's a mental health issue. Yeah. But is it a sickness? Well, listen, man, that's a whole <laughs> different argument. Cause I've had this argument with people, especially it, heroin okay. addicts. I go, I the, go, listen, you drop somebody with diabetes off on an Island. They have all the food and water they can drink and you drop a heroin addict off and you don't have heroin and he doesn't have insulin. The heroin addict's body's eventually going to figure it out and get there. Maybe not an alcoholic, like you said, but the guy with diabetes, he don't have the insulin. He's toast. He's got the disease. This guy is a fucking problem. Agreed. Agreed. Now, I will tell you this, that I have dealt with a whole lot of addicts. And the day of it being the guys laying in an alley somewhere, just being a scumbag addict are over, man. There are people that I have dealt with. That I just shake. I'm like, what the? F- How did you even fucking get here? Like your life is together. How did you get here? And this is a weird thing. Functioning addicts. Listen, man, you try heroin one time, one time, and if you are predisposed to this addiction, you're done. You're done. It rewires your brain, and at that point, it's out of your control. Now you made the conscious decision the first time to try it. I get that, but after you made that one mistake and you tried it one time, you're done. You are rewired and your life now is consumed with doing nothing but trying to figure out where you're going to get your next hit. So is it a disease in the common definition? Probably not, but is it a mental disease? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And these people need help for sure. And they're not going to get it in jail. Now you got something to add there before I move on? No, I mean, we can move on to states. Well, no, I just, I, I, I want to talk about Portugal real quick. Oh, you're in Portugal yeah. before we go so, to how states are handling yep, it? Yep, yep, yep. Well, it's because every time I have this conversation, people are like, well, Portugal's doing it. Why can't we do it? Portugal's doing it. Well, we're not Portugal. I assure you, Portugal, I don't even know what their population is, but it ain't 335 million people, right? I they're, know, but you're telling me in Portugal, if you got a pickup truck full of 40 kilos of Coke, they're like, no, 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 no. That's still illegal. <laughs> That's still illegal. Right. They're talking about just personal use stuff here. They decriminalized it for the user. They're still going after the sellers, but the users have been decriminalized. 40, 40 kilos could be somebody's personal. Yeah. I'd like to meet that guy. Uh, So they're saying the violence has been greatly reduced. And I have a problem with that. I don't believe that violence and crime is probably not going to be reduced 
and here's my thinking on that. A heroin addict and somebody who is addicted to opiates is still addicted to opiates, whether you make them legal or not. So you make it legal. Are you making it free? Because I bet you you're not. No, I, there's no money in that. Right. Let's say the government took over the heroin, right? And now they're taxing heroin, which is never going to happen. But you're decriminalizing heroin. Your dealers still aren't giving it to you for free. So even though it's been decriminalized, these people are using and they're still going to have the same problems that they had when it was illegal. They're still going to be losing their jobs. They're still going to have no money. They're still going to be stealing your shit. They're still going to be stealing grandma's silverware. They're still going to be breaking in your house to steal your Xbox to go sell it just so they can fucking bump. Yeah. This is still happening. There's still going to be violence. People are still going to be robbed for it because they don't have money and they got to get it. So this does not make a utopian society. No, but it all makes them all high as hell. It makes them high as hell. And they're saying courts are freed up for other important work. I get that. Okay. I get that. But you still need to have courts. There's still, it's still a civil penalty. You still got to have drug courts. And drug courts aren't a bad thing. You're not putting them in jail, but you're sending them to treatment. Now, let me just hit the concerns real quick on this, and then we can move on. So the concerns with Portugal that nobody talks about is that you got people with a predisposition towards addiction, and they're going to be more likely to experiment with drugs, all right, because they don't fear legal prosecution. Now, we're going to read a comment here soon where the lady says that, hey, I don't know anybody that doesn't use drugs because they're afraid of, of getting in trouble. Well, I can tell you this, I've never used drugs. You know why? Because I'm afraid of getting in trouble. I'm afraid of losing my job. I'm afraid of what's going to happen to me and my family if I get caught. So enforcement is a very real tool to keep people on the straight and narrow. Because if there's no fear, no consequence, no consequences, why wouldn't I go try heroin? Why wouldn't I try Coke? There's no reason. I'm not going to get in trouble. I'm not going to lose my job. So I believe that. Now, if you're not predisposed to, to addiction, okay, maybe trying Coke's not going to hurt you one time, twice, three times. But if you are predisposed to it and you go and use it because you're not afraid of getting in trouble, your fucking life is wrecked. Wrecked. The shit today, no matter what it is, whether it's a, a pill that you get from somebody that you think is a script or cocaine at a college like you you can't trust it anymore it's all it, well, that's true half too. Of it's fentanyl yeah. like i don't this know this is not the heroin of the <clears throat> 60s 70s i don't know how fentanyl made its turn or, or how it's processed or if it's even plant-based like like heroin is through through the opium or whatever but it's hit the scene and and apparently it's cheap and apparently it gets you there but if you run into somebody that has it and you even come in contact with it yeah on the job. Yeah. There's plenty of videos out there. Cops falling out. They're searching a car. A little bit of powder goes up in the air. Next thing you know, these guys are falling out on the ground. Yeah. I think Columbus was the last one I saw. So how is this shit any good if it's killing everyone that quick? (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then where's it coming from? Is it coming from China through Mexico? Has there been more, more of this shit coming over the border now than it ever has ever? Oh, I think so. Did they quit selling heroin because it just, because it's more expensive and, and there's a whole bunch of stuff I don't know about it, except it's a problem. Well, and you know what? And we talked, I, I jumped on this topic so quick. I know DEA guys. I would love to bring a DEA guy on here. Um, and maybe we will, maybe we'll just make it an episode once and who can explain this stuff to us. Did you want to read that comment from her? Or? Yeah, this is on our pod bless America just Facebook first page. name, I guess. Tiffany says the government should allow licensed providers to sell drugs to their citizens that want them controlled and safe. I don't know a single person that does not use illicit drugs because they are illegal 
and I don't know a single person who uses drugs. That does not because it's illegal. What would happen to the cartels if it was legalized and provided safely? How much easier would a cop's job be if someone had a legal safe amount of drugs when pulled over at a traffic stop? Continue with OVI so citizens are safe, but stop the endless struggle and the bleeding of money on the war on drugs. When you can't change what people want, they're going to do it anyway. You know, and there's a lot to unpack here with this, right? Because I agree. There's so much of what she said. I'm like, hell yeah. And then she says other stuff and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. So it's layered. Yeah. Okay. Would it make a cop's job easier? Cause now I, I, I don't have to worry about, you know, somebody having a little bit of whatever. Sure. It might make it easier, but one of the things Portugal ran into was the existing treatment facilities. They didn't have enough to handle the now new influx of millions of addicts in the legal system. So when they decriminalize it and everybody's just getting pushed to these treatment centers, the treatment centers are like, holy shit, we're only a 15 bed center. You're sending us 557 people. So on the infrastructure part of it, we're not ready to handle this. Would it make the, the law enforcement job easier? What's easier? I don't have to right. write a report. The, court, the courts. Yeah. I mean, that I don't have to write a report. There's a lot to unpack there. And I, what was the other, there was something else she said there that I wanted to touch on. The cartels and how it affect the cartels. No, the cartels aren't, it's not going to affect cartels at all. But I'll tell you what will happen is that they, the cost of these drugs, when it becomes legal, will go down. Well, I mean, we'll still go after the dealers, I guess, but the supply is going to increase because more people are going to be using. It's got to go down. Maybe not. I don't know if cartels are really, I don't know if they're worried about supply and demand. No, but I think that's why they all shifted the fentanyl because well, we're not making, making that. We're not making that here. Right, right. right. <laughs> no, and they're making a lot more money yeah. off of that. What are they making here? Crystal meth? Oh, for sure. And some people are growing and most people are going to the surrounding states with the medical sliding in there, <laughs> buying that shit and coming back. So one of the other things that they say on the con side of it is that decriminalization is going to lead to a push for legalization um, in other places, other drugs, right? And the proponents are like, nah, that's not going to happen, right? That's not going to happen. It's just going to be, we're going to legalize marijuana. That's where it's going to stop. We're not going to, nobody's going to decriminalize heroin. That's crazy. But let me tell you what happened in Oregon, February 1st of last year. So now, non-criminal violations. Ready for this? In Oregon, non-criminal, less than one gram of heroin, less than one gram or five pills of MDMA, which is ecstasy. Some molly. Some molly. So less than two grams of meth, less than 40 units of LSD. <laughs> Whoa. Less than 12 grams of mushrooms, less than 40 units of methadone, less than 40 pills of oxycodone, and less than two grams of cocaine. All non-criminal violations now. The people that are pushing... For the legalization of marijuana, this is the agenda. Now, I know there's some people out there like, look, man, I just want to get stoned. I, you know what? I just want to smoke weed. That's all I want. I'm not going to do heroin. Hold on. 40 pills of Oxy? Oxy. They don't even give you 40 <laughs> pills of that shit anymore. No, so how the hell? It's a non-criminal violation. You, like, you're, like you're just checking a guy and you pull out a big old bag of 40 pills of Oxy and you're like, all right, hand it back to him. Like, have a nice day. Exactly. What well, it's a non-criminal. It's a non-criminal. So it's a civil violation. I guess you probably got to go to drug court or something. It's like, I can help you. But, but still, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And this is where legalization starts, right? Nobody's going to jump straight into legalization. Okay, it's legal to have less than one gram of heroin. But they're going to start with decriminalizing, which is what you see in Ohio. 
weed's going to be legal here very soon. I'll tell you what, you want to talk about weed? Because weed's a big one. Let's get into a little bit of weed. Marijuana, the burning weed with its roots in hell. <laughs> roots in hell. I think that marijuana should be legalized. I think it should be legalized federally. I think it should be legalized locally, state level. I think there is no reason at all to, listen, 29 years, never fought with a guy high on weed. Fought with a whole lot of drunks. Fought with a whole lot of people on heroin. Fun fact, somebody ODs on heroin. We give them Narcan. They wake up pissed. They want to start Damn. fighting now. He's like, I just saved your life, bro. Yeah, no, no, and no. Like, Fight me, bitch. Yeah, they are. They're like, ding, ding, motherfucker. Oh, bell right? rings. Yeah. So marijuana, never. I've never had a case where somebody broke into a house so they could steal shit so they could buy weed, right? I've never had a case where somebody killed their friend by giving them too much marijuana, right? They may have killed a bag of Doritos. They did not kill their friends. They may have thought they were going to die. Listen, <laughs> I mean, they're making deals with the Jesus. Exactly. Oh, this new shit that's to out. Jesus sitting right next to him on the couch. They're like, bro, listen. If you let me get through this. <laughs> I swear to God. We'll be tight. I'll start I giving 10%. <laughs> Every Sunday. Let me get through this. <laughs> so, well, I could tell you, I could tell you that when I retire, never smoke marijuana. When I retire, I'm going to see what it's all about. I could tell you that, but it's probably going to be legal by then. Sure. But I'm going to see what it's all about because there's a whole lot of fucking people that are smoking a whole lot of weed or eating the gummies, eating or, the gummies, yeah, right? The chocolates. There's, so, there's a hell of a road you can go down. Now, don't fall for that trap, though. Now, don't, do. don't, don't eat a piece of chocolate. And go. <laughs> I don't think it's working. Let me eat another piece of chocolate because it's just like a Wolf of Wall Street when they're like, we ate those lewds a half hour ago. We should eat some more. And then they're like, oh, oh, well, they they uh, let go late. According to the federal government, if you eat a gummy, you know what your next step is? <laughs> heroin. <laughs> You're going to be using heroin. Fat crack rock. <laughs> You're going to be smoking a big fat crack rock because, <laughs> because marijuana is a schedule one drug right up there with heroin. No medicinal use. That's what the government says. No medicinal use for marijuana. <laughs> All the studies say different, but the government, they know best. So marijuana is up there with heroin. <laughs> Man, and I tell you what, I've been, I, I was just uh, listening to articles and reading about how all these big cities have a ton of money for all these new uh, buildings for the homeless. And the homeless are mostly either, you know, have issues well, and mentally I think, or, or they're addicts. All right. So, uh, you know what, that's, uh, we'll get off marijuana for one second because I do want to play that. We've got a soundbite here out of New York City. And we'll get back into marijuana real quick here. Mm -hmm. But I think this is what you're talking about here. Officially called an overdose prevention center, it's a place where users can snort, smoke, swallow, or inject illegal drugs in a controlled environment. Two centers in East Harlem and Washington Heights are the first in the nation to allow supervised drug use. The head of an East Harlem community organization says the facility and a nearby methadone clinic have led to an unwanted influx of addicts. They all come here from different areas of the city. We never had this around here. No matter how bad it was through the 60s, all of that, we never had this around here. So that, that is... That guy is well, my... Uh, yeah, but... He's my favorite. But it's, it's, it's a big government move because 
what I'm talking about with the homeless is they're they're taking brand new buildings and these developers are building it just to sell it to the government. You think they're giving it to them for like a good deal or like ten percent above cost or bullshit? Okay, that methadone clinic—they're not renting that out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, they're, they're buying it, you know. And if you get a place like that, not only are they buying it, they're using government res. What are they? What are they publicly funding that? Yes. So is this no. what we're doing now? No. So now we're That's not even government decriminalizing. Funded. That's government funded. They're going to right. give. Right. The government's going to give dope to people. If you're selling the government dope, you think they're? Are you giving it to them for ten percent above cost? <laughs> It's crazy. Like, where are they? Uh, you know what? Hey, listen, we're going to give you a little bit of heroin here. We're going to get you through the day. No worries. What? See you tomorrow. What the fuck? See you tomorrow, Charlie. What kind of bizarro world is this? New York City. I mean, that's the bizarro world, yeah. right? I mean, you come to some Republican-run city and try that shit. Uh, it's not going to happen. Now, and we'll talk after this. We'll, t- we'll, we'll talk when we, when we close this thing out. But while I think that marijuana should absolutely be legalized, and I think it should be taken off schedule one. Marijuana should not even be on the schedule for me. Now we've had some comments and we'll read them later on, I guess. Uh, but we've had some comments about where the government should get involved in tax marijuana. And you know what? I'm even so far out of this that I'm like, fuck the government. Why should we, why should they be allowed to tax it? Yeah. Katie said the war on drugs is a lost cause Legalize marijuana and tax the shit out of it. Yeah. And we got a lot of those comments. We got a lot of those, but you know what? Fuck the government, man. Just legalize it. Let folks grow it in their backyard. Yeah. Let apparently folks grow apparently it in their... Katie doesn't buy it because she doesn't know how expensive it already is. <laughs> exactly. And if you tax the shit out of it, then people are going to go to the cartels and buy that shit. <laughs> and then they're going to be going to heroin, according to the government. <laughs> Heroin's cheaper than weed. They're going to be asking for fentanyl. (laughs) (laughs) Fentanyl's cheaper than weed at this point. But you know what? Screw the government. Why should they get to tax it? Just make it legal and let everybody grow it. It's for the roads. It's it's a gift from God. It's for the roads and the bridges. (laughs) It's for... It's it's just going to be infrastructure. (laughs) It's going to be for infrastructure and South Americans coming through the border illegally. So we got a guy. We got a guy. So anyway, that's what I feel. I feel that it should be legal and taken off schedule. Just absolutely free for all on marijuana. Just marijuana. Yeah. Nothing else. Okay. Okay. But then again, you know, if it's off the schedule and let's say a guy driving a big rig, Mm -hmm. you know, crashes in, kills a family and 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 he's high on the weed. Is he still just like alcohol? Alcohol's not on schedule. Okay. Still illegal to be under the influence. It's it's illegal to be under the influence of anything. If you get a, a prescription for oxycodone and you're high as shit and you get in an accident, you're still going for OVI. Okay. Okay. Just because you have a prescription yeah. for it doesn't mean you're allowed to operate a motor vehicle while you're high. Okay. So it would still be the same. Okay. It would still be the same. Yeah. That's where I thought there'd be a little bit of a difference. So anyway, I think it should be off the schedule. I think it should be completely 100% legal. But we got a guy who says that's probably not going to be the case. Dude, what? Hey, it's Jeff, the conspiracy theorist. I'm an analyst, damn it. Ah, Jeff, my man. Jeff is back. And you know what? People have been missing you, Jeff. People have been missing you. They like Jeff, the conspiracy theorist. Jeff, this is a tough one to wrap it around because a lot of people could use this as a way to get into office and a way to, to take this conversation to the forefront and actually get votes by legalizing this shit. And you're taking the different stance, huh? Well, you know what? There's a, there's a big constituency out there that that wants it legal, and you've seen a couple states that have already uh, legalized it, and there's a lot of 
a lot of local law enforcement that have quote unquote decriminalized it. I mean, it's not decriminalized, but like Jim said earlier, yeah, they give them a warning. Is it really that bad for like possession or whatever? Well, can, can I just interject here real quick? I know, I know, but let me just interject here real quick. What's funny is Ohio has actually legalized marijuana without meaning to legalize marijuana. So they legalized hemp, but like drug sniffing dogs will smell hemp and alert. Hemp looks like marijuana. So plain view doesn't work anymore. A lot of the courts have said, look, don't come to us with these marijuana charges anymore. So until Ohio fixes this, it is basically legalized in Ohio. So you're right. Yeah. You know what? But onset, you know what onset is? Mm-hmm. The, the Ohio Northeast smuggling enforcement team. They don't even need plain sight drugs if they just see like a large sum of money. They well, sure. Drug, they don't need a drug sniffing dog to, to mark on anything. They just say, well, you know what? We see a large sum of money. That could potentially be a drug sure. uh, related thing. And that's probably a whole nother episode because yeah, it's, that's, it's bullshit. That's different, but yeah, yeah, it is. You're an American. You're allowed to have money. Anyway, go ahead, Jeff. But anyway, when it, when it comes to the uh, rescheduling of this now, I think there's a big push for the states to legalize it for medical purposes, even recreational purposes. And there's a big push in federal government for these states to do that. I know that sounds contradictory because it's a schedule one drug. It's illegal federally. It's it's criminally illegal federally. But one thing that's not being talked about is the restrictions put on schedule one drug users. Now, like cocaine is not a schedule one drug. It's a schedule two drug. Because of some medical purpose. Right. And, uh, I and thought it was because the rich people do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? That's, that's, that's the rich drug. That's the hoity-toity <laughs> drug. But when it comes to Schedule 1, there is a prohibition on obtaining, owning, and using firearms for anyone who uses Schedule 1 drugs. And we all know the the Biden war on guns, right? Okay. Well, if it remains federally on Schedule 1 and the states legalize it, you are still not allowed to own, operate, or possess a firearm. So it's a, it's a type of gun control that states are allowing the use of this. And, and they're not stopping it. They're not stopping it. And, well, even Colorado and, and Oregon or Washington, I don't remember. They, oh, there's a lot. Now. Legal, rec- recreation legal. Yeah, Michigan. There's, there's yeah. Several states that, well, not only medical, but just re- recreational. And medical, um, medical, the federal government doesn't recognize medical at all. So, no, when, uh, no it, not yet. Right. So, and, and but, but they won't with marijuana, I don't think, because as long as it's Schedule One, it can't be. They, ha- they would have to reschedule it to Schedule Two to be able to do research on it for medical uses. And there's a push from the VA to do research with medical marijuana and Biden has not responded to it. And so that would be millions, millions of Americans ineligible to purchase a gun now Yeah, to possess a gun. Well, 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 they are currently. So it wouldn't, it's not that it will be, 
as soon as it becomes legal in the states, that doesn't trump the federal law. So right, that's what I mean. Have, you you still have to go through federal NICs, you know. Right, uh, that's what I mean. So Oregon says you can smoke all the weed you want recreationally, mm-hmm. and now the federal government's like, hey, have fun in Oregon. But you can't own a gun now. That's right. And when you fill out your application, you mm-hmm. have to specify on there whether you're a drug user, whether you use marijuana or not. And, and then you lie on that application and holy hell, they catch you. Well, well, unless you're, unless you're Hunter Biden. You, you lie on the application, you get the gun and Hunter Biden. now you're, now you're a felon or you don't lie on the application and you get charged for attempted purchase while you're prohibited. You're a prohibited person. But we have equal justice for all here. So I was joking, but I assume that Hunter Biden's case should be coming up soon, right? Because we have pictures of him smoking crack. He admits to smoking crack and he filled out his form. Now crack is cocaine and crack is still scheduled to. (laughs) Is crack? Uh, I guess it is. Uh, Schedule Schedule one drugs are heroin, LSD, marijuana, mescaline or peyote. MDMA, GHB, ecstasy, magic mu- magic mushrooms, uh, spice, quaaludes, special K, and basalts. You, you, know, you know what I don't see on here? Fentanyl. <laughs> what the <laughs> no. fuck? Listen, man. Listen, I've had I've had <laughs> I had an endoscopy done, and they actually gave me a little bit of fentanyl, put me out, and. Once they put the probe down my throat, apparently, and I don't remember any of this, I grabbed the doctor by the throat. Like I grabbed his shirt and I started fighting. So they gave me like more fentanyl, didn't work, more fentanyl. And I finally went out. So there's a medical use for it because it stopped me from kicking that doctor's ass. I know, but you Uh, used so much beforehand. (laughs) Exactly. My tolerance was so high. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, Jeff. We we, we cut you off. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know where I was at. I don't remember. No, I, you know, and I had never considered that until talking to you, that, that they could use this as a form of gun control. Now, Biden, he has come out. I mean, he campaigned on legalizing it at the federal level. He hasn't, he hasn't touched it. He hasn't even, he hasn't even flirted with the, the, the content. And all he has to do is he could just go to the, uh, it's got to go through the uh, department of health and human services. They need to authorize it for medical use and then the DOJ can petition to have it rescheduled to schedule two. Right. But all Biden's got to do is say, Hey, the uh, director of department of human health services, get the ball rolling on this. And they start going through the process to analyze it or whatever they got to do to start the ball rolling on getting it rescheduled. I just he feel like, done that. I just feel like at some point, Somebody's going to walk into Biden's office and they're going to be like, sir, we have a podcast you need to listen to. <laughs> this Jeff guy, dude, he's got his dead to rights, sir. We need to do something about this podcast. And he's like, did you say Joe? Um, so Come you're on, talking man. about, so you're talking about the more, the more act, the, the marijuana opportunity reinvestment and expungement act. And what I'm seeing about this is it says the legislation that would deschedule cannabis from the Controlled Substances Act. So I don't know if that means it clearly takes it out or, like you said, it brings it from Schedule 1 to Schedule 2. And, you know, the provision says that it would remove cannabis from the act and tax cannabis products at 5% 
to fund criminal and social reform projects. So it was introduced originally in 2019 in the 116th Congress by Jerry Nadler with 120 co-sponsors. It was passed in the House. Then in July 23rd, 2019, Kamala Harris sponsored it with eight other sponsors and it died in committee. So imagine that. So that that was kind of weird to me uh, how how it died in committee. I, I don't know a lot about that term, but we'll you know we'll look it up for more. So it was reintroduced uh, in the hundred seventeenth sure. Congress, and all it says here is Nadler reintroduced the bill in Congress May twenty eighth of two thousand and twenty one with some changes. <laughs> so I don't know what the changes are compared to the original bill. Uh, I'll have to look that up, but it's referred by House Committee on the Judiciary on September 30th, 2021. And I feel like they're sitting on it in case they need to get their numbers up and they're, and it's like the low, the low hanging fruit, but it's it's never going to pass. It's never going to pass because of what you're saying. Yeah. They are, they're the gun control administration. (laughs) If, if they have a way to limit the number of Americans that are legally allowed to obtain firearms, they're going to do it. And the ATF has even come out and said that they're looking to increase their workforce by 50% over the next couple of years. Why is that? You think they're, they're looking for, for explosives, looking for uh, no. illegal alcohol? More of that rogue tobacco. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even Elizabeth Warren wrote a letter to Garland wanting to decriminalize it. And you know what? The federal government, they may decriminalize it, but don't think they're going to remove it from schedule one. Just for that reason, as you're saying. Just for that for reason. Gun a different, no, a different administration might. Now, I would it. like it noted that the last time Jeff was here, and that was episode seven. Was it episode seven? Mm-hmm. Boy, that was a long time ago. We should have him back here more. But uh, the last time Jeff was here and was talking about Hillary basically ascending into the presidency, shortly thereafter, a few weeks after, mainstream media or mainstream alternative media, I guess, started picking it up. So I want you to realize that when you start hearing about this in a couple weeks after <laughs> Jeff seems, was talking about seems it, how it's been happening yeah, so far. Yeah. After Jeff, st- you know, a couple weeks after we post this and now other people are talking about it, just know where you heard it first, right? Know where you heard it. You heard it from our guy. We got the inside scoop on this shit for sure. <laughs> Just well, real quick, I, I, who was talking about your, I know Tucker started talking about it, like just before we could get the episode posted. Yeah. But then where did you say, Jeff, you sent me a link. Somebody else oh, was talking yeah. about it with Hillary. Was, was it a podcast or was it a news organization? I think it was a news organization. No, it was Tucker Carlson. Well, Tucker um, came out just before we post. It was after we talked to you, but before we were able to post it. So it was Tucker. And then we accused mm-hmm. Justin, our guy at Knucklehead, of leaking it to Tucker's people. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we recorded it on a Tuesday, and the article came out on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. And it was funny because TeamTuckerCarlson.com is actually where it was posted. And yeah. the guy's name was Wayne Allen, and the article uh, title was Get Ready for President Hillary Clinton. Yep. And, and if, uh, if you remember, that's what made me go back. And we actually added the date to our podcast. We never do that. Now, for what it's worth, today is January 19th, 2022. <laughs> so if you start hearing this shit, this is January 19th, 2022. I think you're going to see a lot more states decriminalize and legalize. But yeah, but that's something, that's something for people to think about. If your state decriminalizes it 
or they legalize it, just know that sure. if, if you are a gun aficionado or have a concealed carry permit or have a concealed carry permit, right? Yeah, they will they will get denied. So now there was a a Supreme Court case that denied hearing it, but essentially the sheriff denied a concealed carry permit for somebody who was an admitted drug user and they appealed it and drug being marijuana, I would assume. Being marijuana, yes. And um after he denied the application, she appealed it and the appeals court accepted it and said, here's your concealed carry permit and to own a firearm, even though you're an admitted marijuana user, right? And so then it goes to the Supreme Court and Supreme Court denies hearing the case because they said that there was no evidence that she owned or possessed a firearm. Even though she she was trying to get the concealed carry permit, there was no evidence saying that she actually possessed a firearm. So yeah. they refused to hear the case. So it sounds like a win for firearm owners, but it's really a loss. Because it's it's going to open the door up for people thinking, yeah, I can do this. And then, you know, they're going to get on their application and say, yes, I am. And they're going to get denied or they're going to say, no, I'm not. And then they're guilty of falsifying information on their God background damn, check man. paperwork. Maybe I won't smoke weed. I don't so, know. <laughs> well, my, my question to Jim is what would the government have to classify weed as for you to see someone open carrying, smelling like weed? eyes looking like they're higher than a giraffe's ass to not get them with, what do you call it? When uh, someone's under disability with a firearm. Well, now see, I think that's going to be a different thing. And we talked about that with like OVIs, right? It's always illegal to drive under the influence. It's always going to be illegal to possess a firearm while you're under the influence of anything. No matter what they classify, it, it doesn't matter. Even alcohol, even alcohol, even alcohol, right. Which alcohol is not, alcohol is not a schedule. Chicken. Listen, that's why no, honest no. to God, and this is no bullshit. You know how many guns I have. I don't ever carry a gun in here because I know we're going to be drinking. Alcohol's not a schedule. <laughs> and, you, and you might shoot me sometimes. I might. Sometimes I get so mad at you, dude. I could see myself. Like, I, I always carry a knife. And I'm like, I don't know if I have it in me to stab Dan. Dan is quickly becoming one of my best friends. I don't know if I could stab Dan. But sometimes. Um, but sometimes I can shoot him. Click, click, boom. <laughs> click, 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 boom. boom. Um, but I, yeah, I get but it. No. Because you understand the ramifications. Right, right, right. But yeah, it's it's always, even if they legalize it, you're not going to be able to carry a gun while you're high. Now, the problem is going to be that marijuana stays in your system so long that let's just say that you use your gun in some kind of defensive situation and- you Got know, high two weeks ago. And Yeah, right. And, and it's dirty. Yeah. I mean, there now there's Fourth Amendment issues there and everything. You'd be stupid to take a test. I do believe there are concentration tests. They can They can do a blood test to determine the concentration of THC. In your blood. Well, there are for, um, for OVIs, but I can tell you this, that I know, I mean, there's people that are just absolutely fine that would test over the legal limit for marijuana in their system. And well, there's people that are over the limit that would. Well, that that's true too. I've stopped people. I've stopped people to point. I've stopped people to point three that are, yeah, <laughs> that are walking and talking better than I am, right? That do the field test better yeah. than I can do. So uh, like I, guess that's I mean, true. They, would, they would have to legislate that and, and put that and say, this is the concentration level that anything over that. And your, your high smokers are, uh, they're going to be on the short end of that because yeah. they need to smoke a lot to get 
the same buzz, just like alcohol. You know, it's a, it's a progressive thing. The more you smoke, the more you got to smoke. And eventually they would get over that limit. But that's neither here nor there because it won't happen federally. All right. I don't I don't like your conspiracy by the, theory, by the Jeff. States, by the, <laughs> I don't like you know Not a big the fan. State, the state, the uh, two out of ten, I probably won't be back. <laughs> the, the states are going to legalize it. And Ohio's on the verge. But, well, now, now you say federally, but this is with a caveat, right? I mean, it's not going to be federally with this administration. You get yourself a strong right. conservative administration in there, and it's very possible they overturn it, right? Because they understand. Yeah. Well, you know what? The administration's one thing. It's got to go through Health and Human Services. They are the gatekeepers. They're holding the key. So you got the Department of Justice that works in conjunction with Health and Human Services, but Health and Human Services have to say yes. This can be used for research for medical benefits. God, that's, the first, that's, that's the first step. Health and Human Services has to yeah. give the okay to the DOJ to initiate the rescheduling process. And until that happens, I mean, look at Health and Human Services. I mean, they are not friendly to health. Right. Right. I think they're the ones who start calling it the gateway drug. You know? Right. Yeah, they know where that where take they know that where hit, goes, and then know? all of a sudden, marijuana, all of a sudden, the burning weed with its roots in hell. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so, I mean, what do we? So, this is what we. It comes down to this: that the the first convention of states, the next amendment we put on the Constitution has to be: you can carry a gun and smoke weed at the same time. At the same time, I'm a, I'm opposed to that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Although that's you the know what, in fairness, in fairness, I've, I I don't know too many dudes who are going to be like high on weed that are like, I got to shoot this guy. They're going to be like, bro, can we <laughs> oh, just work listen. this out? Listen. I mean, that's what it's going to come down to Dude. to be able to protect people to be able to enjoy what they do and protect themselves at the same time. You're never going to get a constitutional. But I'm saying, like, if we do that, it it, it trumps everything. All right. So <laughs> all right. Dan's going to start a company that sells. Bump stocks with a pipe right at the jawline. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is what gets us kicked off of platforms. So, all right, we got to get going here soon. I'm going to leave you up, Jeff. If you want to chime in, chime in. One thing I want to point out here is the schedule four are drug substances or chemicals are defined as drugs with a low potential for abuse and a low risk of dependence. All right. One of those is Valium. I can't tell you how many OVIs I've gotten with usually chicks who are just high as fuck on Valium, right? I find it very hard to believe that Valium is classified as low potential for abuse and low risk of dependence. Right. That's crazy to me. But marijuana? But it, but it's by choice. Well, okay. Choice. They, they, don't, they don't take Valium because they're going through withdrawal. Okay. They need to okay. bring that back. Uh, hello, marijuana. <laughs> on the same level as heroin. Hey. Give me a break. <laughs> That's <laughs> stupid. Do we want to read any more comments before? Let's let's go through them real quick. Comments on Facebook. Let's just read these real quick because we said we would talk about them and then we got to get out. Uh, John said actions are louder than words. Border open and fentanyl flowing across freely. In the 80s, when I heard the term, it was on the nightly news and you thought it was great. Now you get real reports from millions of socially connected people on what is really going on. If this is about drug companies, a healthy person is not a customer. That's understood. And the first person that answered this, this question, our Facebook page was Eric. Eric's always good to throw a comment in there. War on drugs is just talk from politicians that want the masses drugged up. So they won't pay attention to what really is going on. <laughs> well, you know, what? there's, that's probably some, uh, 
There's a little truth to that. There's probably a little bit of truth to that. Let's see here. I got a couple. Oh, Jen Geyer. And Jen's one of my, you know, we should probably have Jen on here at some point. Uh, Jen is a left-leaning Democrat, but she's a moderate. And she makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of things that Jen brings up here on my post that I can't argue. Um, when we bring on, you know, we're, we're talking about bringing on more Democrats. Just to have the conversation. More liberals. Just to have the conversation. But be ready. You better come strapped. Because she's coming, man. Both both boars. But she says legalize everything and tax it. Now, we talked about taxing it. You know, if you're going to legalize it, just keep the government out of it. This is something I can grow in my basement. I don't need to be paying the government a tax on this. Um, she says, give all that tax money to kids who are stuck in the foster system and aren't adopted out to help them break the cycle or shelter dogs. Okay. I get it. But you know, it's just the government putting their hooks into, into the American people for, yeah. I mean, if, for nothing, for nothing, just taking your money. Well, if you're talking about not taxing marijuana, then why are they taxing alcohol? Well, sure. I mean, uh, why are they taxing everything? I mean, we threw tea so into the calling, harbor for this. Are you calling for no tax on alcohol? I am. Uh, well, <laughs> I am. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I wish I had. The, I wish I had the number. I wish I had the number uh, of what kind of dollars you're talking about for that. I've always tried to even get the number of how much money a day we get in tax on gasoline and diesel, just from the American consumer. No, oh, sure. You know, just from the truck drivers and the cars. Listen, the man, everybody thinks the government makes their money off income tax, but think about all the sales tax, gas tax, alcohol, cigarettes. I mean, the government is making a shit ton of money and still printing more. That Oh, different episode. We're getting off. <laughs> all right. So listen, man, we've been here a long time. This episode went far, went long. I hope we covered it good enough for you. We'll put a post up about it when this thing drops and let us know what you think. If we need to do another episode, like I said, I'd like to bring in some DEA guys and talk about what it is they're doing on the ground. And I'd like to go a little bit further back to the seventies and eighties. Yeah, man. I mean, we can do that. Did we the can... dirty shit. Maybe you should watch American made. All right. I will. Movie. I will. Maybe, maybe you should watch... read the book. Steve Hayes told us we should read. Ah, <laughs> oh, see now what's up. Oh, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. My man, my man. And I, I just want to put in there that once Ohio legalizes marijuana, all you gun guys stay away. Yeah. Cause you are now, you're now right. a felon. Right. For sure. hundred percent. All right. Good episode, man. I, uh, I feel good about this one. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, and we'll see what the feedback is on this. Let us know. All right. We appreciate the support. And if you like what you're hearing here, be sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to your podcast. Remember, you can find us on Facebook at Pod Bless America. You can find us on Twitter at Jim and Dan Show. And you can reach either one of us at Jim at PBAPodcast.com or Dan at PBAPodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what you don't like. And until next time, God bless America. America.